0: Hello and welcome to the next in my series of studies in John's Gospel. We've come to another controversial bit. It always seems to be that I'm talking about controversial bits. Jesus says you will do even greater things. What does that mean? It's something that's caused a bit of division amongst Christians as to whether uh, Jesus was expecting the church to do more miracles, greater miracles than him. And that's caused a lot of hurt for those who've not seen the miracles that others expect them to see. And sometimes there's an expectation to kind of create miracles because we're meant to do greater miracles than Jesus. So what on earth did he mean? Did he mean it to be controversial? Well, the context is John 14. Jesus is talking to disciples at the Last Supper. He tells them not to be troubled. He has told them that he is the way to life. And we've explored these in previous studies. He's talked about that if they really know him, they will know the Father. And we've looked at all of what that means. So then we get to John 14, verse 12. Very truly, I tell you, he says, all who have faith in me will do the works I have been doing. I just want you to notice that bit because it's quite important. will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And then he says something which will come to the moment. Because he says, whatever you ask in my name, I will do. Even more controversy. So let's ask ourselves a couple of questions. Firstly, what are the works Jesus has been doing? Because we're going to do greater things. And secondly, what do greater works look like? So to do the works he has been doing, what has he been doing? Now, I think if we look at John's gospel, and for fact, if we look at all the gospels, and we say, fundamentally, what has Jesus come to do? We'll get an answer something like this, something based perhaps around John 3 uh, 16. For Jesus has come into the world that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn, but to save the world. It seems to me the first work, primary work of Jesus announced to the shepherds on the hill at Christmas to be good news, the savior of the world. He has come to be the savior. He has come to save people from perishing and he's come to seek them. He's come to seek and to save the lost. One of my favorite verses that I use a lot because I think it's absolutely foundational in trying to understand who Jesus is. He has come to seek and to save. These are his works. He has come to seek and to save. Another way of unpacking it from, the same, uh, from a different angle but the same idea is to look at what happens in Luke 4 when Jesus says that he's fulfilling a prophecy from Isaiah. He says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. So what does Jesus come to do? What is his work? His work is to bring good news to the poor. He goes on to bring freedom, proclaim freedom from the prisoners. He's come to set the trapped free. What is his works? His works is release, setting people free. He has come to open the eyes of the blind. Now, does that mean literally that he's come to give sight to people who couldn't see? Well, yes, in part. But it seems that the more major thing is to help people who couldn't understand, who couldn't see where God was, who didn't understand who God was, who, who couldn't know God, to help them to see God. And he's come to set the oppressed free. And we might describe all of this as bringing in the kingdom of God. So the works that he has been doing, that we're going to try and unpack in a moment, what it means to do greater things, the works are about seeking and saving the lost, about bringing his kingdom in of good news. So where does healing the sick And raising the dead fit in. Is that his works? Well, clearly he did that. Clearly he did that. But does that mean that we're going to do greater in that area? Well, let's try and ask the question, what do greater works look like? What does it mean to do things greater than Jesus? And there are two, of course, ways of understanding the word greater. Does it mean better or more? Are we going to do things better than Jesus or are we going to do more than Jesus? Uh, Both of these ideas are fraught with difficulty, but I would suggest that it's fairly clear that Jesus never expected the disciples to do better than him, but that he did expect them to do more than he was able to do within the three years of his ministry. So if we look at that last list, what do greater works look like? Does it mean seeking and saving from perishing? We can't do that better than Jesus. We can't do better than Jesus on the cross. But perhaps we can reach more people than Jesus was able to do in those three years. Perhaps the disciples were going to reach more people than those who were there in Jerusalem. We're going to... And we're invited to bring the good news of the Saviour to more people than Jesus actually met in his lifetime. And proclaiming the good news for the poor, the trapped, the unseeing, and the oppressed. Are we going to do that better than Jesus? No, we can't do it better than Jesus. But can we reach more people than Jesus was able to do by the time of his death? Yes, perhaps we can. And so the same applies to the kingdom of God. So, what about healing the sick? Are we, clearly, we're not going to do that better than Jesus, but are we going to heal the sick and raise the dead more than Jesus did? Now, here's where the controversy and the difficulty lies. Because it's a fairly reasonable interpretation to say that could be the expectation of Jesus. It is also fairly reasonable to say, but that has never actually happened. Certainly, the authenticated miracles that we see are not in the numbers and scale of Jesus. So, how do we explain that? How is it that there are churches across the world who are leading people to Christ, who are baptising believers, but they are not raising the dead more than Jesus did. How do we understand that? Does that mean that 95, 99% of the church and disciples have failed in what Jesus asked of them? Does that mean that in some way there is something that we haven't quite worked out how to do and God can't, as keeping it from us because we're not, doing the right thing, saying the right thing. And I've been around in Christian ministry long enough to know that there are all kinds of people who tell us what the formula is. But when you dig deeply into what they're talking about, you still don't see more than Jesus delivered in terms of raising the dead and even in terms of healing. Why haven't we done greater healings than Jesus Well, as we looked at the list of what the works Jesus came to do were, and as we looked at what was really his primary function, we discover that whilst Jesus sent his disciples out to heal, he never declares healing as his main aim. In fact, there are times when you get the impression that he's almost reluctantly healing people. It doesn't seem to be the reason that he came. It seems to be much more the sign. It was a demonstration of who he was. It was a demonstration that he was to be listened to. In fact, John calls the miracles signs. And they are really a glimpse into what heaven is like. Not normality. And by definition, a miracle is a miracle, meaning a miracle is an an unusual suspension of the laws of nature. And I must admit that over time, I've tried to grapple with this for many years. I believe in healing and I ask and pray for healing. And I've seen God heal, but I have not seen more than the New Testament. And I think I've come to see that perhaps it's not that we're doing something terribly wrong. That perhaps it's that miracles will always be miracles. They will be little tasters, little glimpses. And we looked at this in one of our earlier studies, little signs of what is to come. But they are not yet the fullness of what is. And so I believe God wants us to do more, see more people saved. He wants us to proclaim the good news to more people. And he wants us to seek the dead to rise and he wants us to seek healing. But it's not really the greater works that I think this verse had in mind. The greater works was to do with seeking and saving the lost. And that's important when we put in the next verse. And Jesus says, whatever you ask for in my name, uh, and I will do whatever you ask for in my name. This is John 14 and verse 13 so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Repetition. And again, this is a passage that causes controversy because people will say, here's a promise. If you ask for something, he will do it. If you ask for healing, he will do it. And that creates tremendous pressure on those who haven't been healed because they feel, what have they done wrong? That they're not healed. Is Jesus saying here, whatever we have... uh, Whatever healing we ask for, he will do. Well, I want to remind you, I don't actually think when he was talking about doing my works, he was meaning doing his healings. I think he was doing, talking about bringing his salvation in. And that does change the meaning then. We need to also, to help us do that, understand what this phrase, in the name, means. It's not a formula. It's not a, a phrase to tack on to the end of our prayers, It means that whatever you ask, that is already what Jesus would be asking for. In other words, when we agree with what God is already wanting to do, he will do. And the key is that it is to be that which glorifies him. In other words, it allows people to see how great he is. Remember, his primary aim is to stop people perishing. It's not to make everything easy. This life is broken and messed up. There is a future life when everything is sorted out. And we give we get tasters and glimpses of the kingdom of heaven, but this is not yet the fullness of the kingdom of heaven. And what he wants to do is to save people from perishing and missing out on this full kingdom of heaven. And what he wants to do is that we might agree with what he is already wanting to do. So when we ask for the things that Jesus is asking for, then we're much more likely to see them. And remember a few weeks ago, we looked at what it means when Jesus talks about being glorified by the cross. That Jesus is glorified in the brokenness and the weakness. So whatever we're asking for isn't about triumphalism, it isn't about power, it's about humility. So will Jesus do whatever we ask? Well, let's go back and look at his works because that's the context. So When we're praying around seeing people saved, when we're praying about having the strength and the ability to proclaim good news to the poor, when we're praying about having the opportunity to save those who are perishing, when we're praying about guidance to seek and to save the lost, because that's what he's asking. That's what he wants to do. So that's in his name. Whatever we ask, he will do. He will do whatever we ask to help us fulfill the calling to save the lost. Even that is a challenge to me because I will ask myself how much of my prayers are about seeking and saving the lost. Because those are the prayers he'll really answer. Now, that's within the context of the free will that he's given humanity. So there's still the opportunity for people to say no. But if my prayers are all about, Lord, help me to do your work. Help me to do your will. Help me to be a person who is good news to the poor, who helps the blind to see, who sets free the oppressed. Lord, give me the strength. Give me the wisdom. Give me the right words to say. When we're asking God to do things in us that help us do what he is asking of us to do, then we are praying in his name. We're praying what he would be asking. When we're asking for the strength to remain compassionate, when we're asking for the strength to love, when we're asking for the strength to forgive, when we're asking for discernment of what the truth is, then he will do whatever we ask because we're asking in alignment with him. So my question for reflection is, am I asking for help to save and asking for help to proclaim the good news or are my prayers more self-centered is my life more self-centered am I really joining in with the works that Jesus came to do that I might see greater more of what he came to do or have I got the wrong agenda let's pray together Lord, thank you that you came to seek and to save the lost. And Lord, we want to do even more of that. And so we ask in your name, along with you, we ask that you will equip us, strengthen us, guide us, empower us to be people who seek and save the lost. Will you give to us, the people who are turning to you, and will you help us to save? For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.